All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Prescribing Truth Podcast with Jamal Bandy. I'm Jamal Bandy. Um, I'm not going to be long today. This is the first live stream. I'm actually going live on YouTube and Facebook for the first time at the same time uh, for the actual show. Um, if you want to have questions or dialogue, I'm going to save that to the end. And if you uh, don't want to have it show up on the screen, you're welcome to email me or call me. I'm at the numbers that should be in the description on Facebook. Uh, I may not have that in the description. But so if you're on Facebook, then 801-980-6333, you can send me a text. You can email me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com. I really appreciate it. Today, um, don't plan on being long. Uh, today, I'm going to be looking at uh, one more one more piece, one more piece, hopefully one more piece um, concerning a uh, little critique for the woke church uh, by Eric Mason. Um, it's just something I felt like it was important to deal with because of all the tension that's going on. Um, I feel like there's something that's important to deal with. So that's what we'll be doing. All right. So uh, on page 55, I'm just going to jump right into it. Page 55, uh, Dr. Eric Mason says this. He says that ignoring injustice isn't a sign of being an authentic believer, particularly Ignoring systemic injustice. Now, if you've been watching any of the videos I've done in the past concerning this topic, concerning this book, then you already know that I'm kind of already going to be kind of beating a dead horse somewhat. Try not to, but it seems to be the case that I'm end up doing. And um, basically, because we talked about before, as far as defining justice, defining what the Bible says concerning justice and how we should deal with it as Christians and so on and so forth. What is injustices? Like, what are the injustices that are, um, that are, uh, that people are being accused of ignoring exactly, you know, and, and that seems to be, um, the driving factor or, uh, like, like I like to say the deciding factor as far as us going forward in the conversation. And so now here, the first line of this, I mean, we can get, we can like agree on, like, we as Christians, we should not ignore injustices. Like we shouldn't. But now we have to we have to ask the question: What does it look like to give attention to injustices? And what is it, what is the church doing? What's the church not doing? Or what are believers not doing? And what they should be doing as far as giving attention to these things? You know, because we think about the word we just about ignore. Like just think about it for a second. If you were talking to somebody. And they're ignoring you. What does that look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, that means they're, that means they're not even, they're, they're not stunning you. They're not, they're not concerned with you. You, you like, At that moment, you don't exist. That's ignoring you. Like, they know you're there. They consciously, they know you're there. But they're going to let you know that they ain't stunning you. I mean, that's when somebody's ignoring you. So we're talking about ignoring injustice. I mean, that's a, that's a loaded term. I mean, that's a, that's a loaded phrase. So what are we what are we ignoring? How are we ignoring it for people, you know, for those who are accused of ignoring it? And then when it says when he says particularly systemic injustices. Okay. Now this this kind of drives the tension that we see today as people are really not believing that others are Christians because they're claiming them or they're accusing them of ignoring injustices. And when they're talking about injustices, they're talking about systemic injustices, okay? And so, yeah, people are people are finding it hard to believe 
that their brother or sister in Christ is truly a brother or sister of Christ because that they don't agree with them on the narrative concerning systemic injustice. So, real quick, I would like to do, now he does give some scripture, this page 55, by the way, uh, a couple pages before, he gives some scriptures listing out um, what, like, far as what God says in a word concerning justice. And we're going to read a couple of those. And we're going to discuss that and then try to apply this to the phrase or the statement that he made. Because I find this problematic. I feel like this is the, this is the driving tension we have. You have those who are on, on the social justice side saying, hey, you know, you can't be, you're not really a Christian because you're not seeing these things clearly. Like, you're really not seeing how the gospel ties to all this. You know, um, if you watched my video last one, I, I asked about uh, social liberation. Like, is that something that should be included in the gospel? Please check that out when you have time and let me know what you think. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's a big deal, you know. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're saying that people are not Christians because of this. And then on the other side, because we're talking about this systemic injustice and what that actually means, then there there are those on who would agree with me that hey, you know these some these some of these things you call an injustice are really Marxist ideas, and so hey, um, I find it hard for you to be a Christian and actually hold to those things. But you know, as as believers, we're supposed to hope all things like we are, and so that's why we should want to have the conversations with each other because we we hope all things and we believe in all things, you know, because it's what love does. You know, so as we love one another, that's what we should be doing, trying to engage each other and trying to have these difficult conversations. But let's read some of these scriptures that um, Eric Mason gives uh, from the Bible concerning justice. Um, one, uh, let me see. He gives uh, Exodus 23.6. He says, you must not deny justice to a poor person among you in his lawsuit. So notice justice and it's a lawsuit all right so do not deny the poor man justice all right that's pretty that's pretty plain and simple i mean we can we can get with that right do not deny justice then another one says this is deuteronomy sixteen twenty: pursue justice and justice alone so that you will live and possess the land the lord your god is giving you then another one leviticus nineteen fifteen: do not act unjustly when deciding a case so don't be unjust do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich judge your neighbor fairly so that means even if they're poor or not you still you're still having a level mind you're, you're not acting unjustly towards either side nor so you're not showing partiality all right partiality is a sin all right you know you're uh, showing preference to to another one over the other you know like we Shouldn't do that. That'd be impartial. So do not act unjustly. Now this is the one that I want to basically stem everything else off of. 1 Kings 10.9 Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king. Oh, no, no. It stems from another page. I'm sorry. He said, Blessed be the Lord your God. He delighted in you and put you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king to carry out justice and righteousness. Now we're going to, we're going to pause there and hold off on the reading scripture for this point. It seems to me, as I'm reading through the scriptures, that God's justice is tied to righteousness, which then is tied to his law. 
Islam. No, brief pause. The last one I want to read. Zephaniah 3, 5. He, being God, applies his justice morning by morning. He does not fail at dawn. Now, these are all scriptures that come from the world church that, that, uh, that Aaron Mason lays out. But what I'm seeing, these scriptures point to talking about God's justice, not what we consider justice or injustice. So when God says, do not be unjust, do not judge a case unjustly, he's not talking about concerning what we would deem fair or unfair, but according to his standard of justice. I talked to a guy before, and I was like, um, who's on the social justice side? And, and I asked him, I said, you know, um, do you agree to the fact that before we can have this conversation, we would have to come to at least a commonplace of understanding the, the uh, understanding what justice is and according to what standard that we're basing it off of. And he agreed. Now, he's, he's a Christian brother. And so, now, when we establish God's justice, that is God's justice according to his law, well, then now the conversation is different. Because not everything that's considered an injustice is an injustice. That's considered one. Keep in mind, I'm saying what's considered an injustice. It's not. So, going back to page 55, ignoring injustice is a sign of being an is isn't a sign of being an authentic believer. All right, so and this and this is this is this is the thing like because we're born again, if we're in Christ, our hearts are made new, our minds have changed, and so forth. Now keep in mind, I don't know already beat the horse concerning his understanding or meaning of woke, you know, being uh re being awakened from a from deadened and sinful thinking, yet still tying it to the triple consciousness. Of black Christian, um, so we already went through all that. So keep in mind, I try to keep everything in a system. Like you know, I, if we break down the premise, then everything else kind of falls apart. Um, but seeing as you know, I'm I'm just going forward with it. So we're going to let that be. So keep in mind now, if you're because remember he said that in order to be uh, one who's truly woke, you have to have all three levels of consciousness, which means that you're the one who's awakened from, from dead and sinful thinking. So that means you're an authentic believer. If you have triple consciousness, you're an authentic believer. Now, that's just, that's just tying the knot. That's connecting the dots. That's already been there. That's all, that's all I'm doing there. It's connecting those dots. Now, if you was to take away that first part, now we're just at what is an authentic believer. Obviously, one who doesn't ignore injustice. All right, so cool. Let's start there. No, as Christians, we shouldn't ignore injustice, but what does it look like to give attention? I asked this earlier. So if, if, a, if a preacher or a pastor addresses an injustice over the pulpit or addresses an injustice in conversation with someone, regardless of what that injustice is, if a true injustice, then they're not ignoring it. Let's, let's establish something here. Giving attention to something. That's, that's what we're talking about. Because if they're ignoring it, that means they act like it doesn't exist. But when a pastor goes on the pulpit and addresses saying, man, there are evils in this world, but we look to the gospel, we look to Christ as our example, we go to, we go to him, we cast our cares upon him, we, you know, when it comes to, uh, uh, we ask the Lord to show us how to love our, love our neighbor as ourselves, to love our spouses and love our children, to teach them and everything else. 
the world talking about um, uh, uh, marriage equality and all that stuff like that. Well, we're teaching our children different. We're teaching our congregations different, so on and so forth. Well, they're not, they're not ignoring issues. When somebody gets killed unjustly, to bring it up in conversation, to bring it up over the pulpit, case may be, however they do it, then they're not ignoring it. They have addressed it. Now, the issue here is how it's being addressed. That's the issue. You know, people are considered being silent on certain issues because of the fact that they're not, like, shouting out of the rooftops or going out to the street corners. I mean, that's being, that's what people are, call, are calling what I'm hearing. Now, I could be wrong, and that's where I need conversation to be had. You know, that's why we need to have the conversation because what I'm hearing is people who aren't out there, you know, with the picket signs and everything else, then they're actually being silent. You know, and not and and actually ignoring social issues, social injustice issues. Now, when I say social injustice issues, I'm talking about actual injustices. I'm not talking about what what you guys may be talking about. I'm not talking about the fact that people have uh, that there are disparities. I'm not talking about the fact that um, that you may have this brother over here not making the same as this guy over here. I'm not not talking about that because there are so many nuances within all of that. You have to be able to prove that it's something other than the fact that somebody have experience, more time, and A, B, and C, you know. But if you say it's, you know, as you say it's racial injustice, you have to prove that, you know. Now, I talked about this before in another video, so I'm not talking about that. That's not injustice. Matter of fact, in the scriptures, the same scriptures we're reading from, talking about what God says, His justice. He says He applies His justice morning by morning. Well, during that time of Zephaniah, everything there were disparities. Everybody didn't have the same. Uh, equal income and everything else. And matter of fact, not everybody had the same opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Now, as Christians, I mean, yes, we want equal opportunity. Everybody should have equal opportunity, right? You know, when I talked about this in another video, that the opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. We have the opportunity. Like I, I said in my last video about so, dealing with social liberation, when um, uh, Eric Mason gave an example on his uh, interview with on June 3 about um, access to insurance. Like, oh, no, not insurance, access to loans, having loans, black people not having access to loans. Everybody can go fill out an application. Everybody's going to get a background check. They're going to get a credit check. The opportunity is equal. The outcome may be different depending on how your credit is and everything else or your payment history and all that stuff, you know. And so, yeah, so throwing all that aside. So I'm not talking about that injustice. If you're, t if you're calling that an injustice, yeah, I'm ignoring it because it's not an injustice. You know, not that kind of stuff, no. But I'm talking about when actually someone is treated unfairly and treated wrong. When you have, like, for instance, uh-oh, somebody not going to like this, Brett Kavanaugh. He had an accuser come against him saying that he raped her or in, in the past. Yet, there was no evidence, no proof. And the Bible's way of justice is that an accusation is only, is only true and it can only be dealt with based off of the witness of two or three people. Even Jesus uses that same example when people, he's talking about the works that he does, how he's, he witnesses, he's a witness unto himself, and that he's not the only one who bears witness of himself. The Father bears witness of him too. So he uses that same standard. Hey, the witness standard, you know, that, 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 that's, that's it. And, and she didn't have that. There was no corroborating evidence. I'm not talking about another person coming up saying that they witnessed him doing this. I'm talking about, no video, no nothing. There was nothing there. And so he, they, couldn't they couldn't legally find him guilty. Not legally. 
That would that would have been, you know, matter of fact, it would have been unjust for them to persecute him for something that they couldn't prove. These were justice. That's according to God's standard of justice, his standard of righteousness. So we're talking about that kind of stuff. Now, even then, with Brett Kavanaugh, I didn't hear I didn't hear any pulpit, like pastors over the pulpit and uh, making blog. Well, I didn't see some blogs, but uh, I didn't see MacArthur or anybody make any you know, long videos about injustice of people being accused of things and so on and so forth. But I didn't see any of that. Does that mean that he was being silent towards an injustice? No. He probably, he, he, does that mean he ignored that injustice that was going on? No. No. See, the thing is, people don't have to do everything the same way. They don't. There's, you know, there's, there's not a warrant for that. I, I asked a question to someone else, and I'll be brief with this. I asked a question to someone else concerning injustice that we, that we clearly see in Scripture, in Acts. When Peter gets locked up unjustly, what was going on? Was the, were, the, were the saints ignoring injustice? Because the scriptures didn't tell us that they were protesting. They tell us, but they do tell us where they were. The scripture does tell us that they were at home praying. Now, were they being silent? No. They weren't being silent. They were at home. They were, they were, they were at the house together praying for Peter. The Lord freed them, praise the Lord. But there was an injustice. So what were they doing? They were praying. Were they silent? Were they ignoring it? No, they weren't. Now, some, now, a guy made an argument, well, because the Bible doesn't say it, then it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Come on, dude. Really? The Bible does tell us, well, what about these? But well, what about the ones that it does tell us who was at home praying versus being out there protesting? What about them? You know, they were still at home. The Bible clearly tells us they were at home praying. You know, but you tell us, hey, just preach the gospel not gonna work and i and no and i can say nobody obviously some people have been saying well just preach gospel don't worry about stuff well i'm not one i'm not one saying just preach the gospel i think we should preach the gospel and deal with things as they arise but only if it's true that's the thing if it's true all right so this says particularly ignoring systemic injustice so it means there are people out there eric mason one of them who believes that you're not an authentic Christian if you are ignoring systemic injustices. Let's put it out there, plain and simple. You're not an authentic Christian. Man, I find problems with that. I find problems with that, man, because you have to prove the systemic injustice. Now, like I said in another video, had this been some decades ago, you know, yeah. I mean, there was some, there was some actually systemic injustice. There were policies in place. There were laws in place that that specifically uh, held black people back. Could not read. They were punished for being for trying to read. And white people, white people, were punished for trying to teach blacks how to read. People forget about that. There were actually there were really there were actually white people who actually was trying to defy the laws and actually teach blacks how to read and do everything else. Yes. See, we don't hear about that. The narrative doesn't talk about these these anomalies, these people who actually uh, follow their Christian values and actually try to see blacks as the Imago Dei. You know, we always hear the narrative about these the overlying majority, which is cool. I get it. But that was the issue then. Now, that was a systemic issue, but that's not the issue now. You have to show where there's a, a, a law, a policy in a workplace, in a business that says that allows for P 
people of different minor uh, ethnicities to be treated unfairly. You have to be able to show that. And the thing is, nobody has. It's been months. It's been years. Nobody has. And keep in mind, this is the same argument. The systemic injustice, this is the same argument that the uh, LGBTQ people are claiming because they're not having marriage equality, access to or the trans community, not having access to health care and all that stuff. They're not talking about the fact that they have a code and can't get help for it. They're talking about the fact that they want to have transitional surgery and all that kind of stuff like that. They want to have access to these things. All right. The women who wants to go murder their children, they want to have access to health care, you know, or, or, or better act more access to health care where they can have uh, where it costs less A, B and C. This is what they're talking about. You know, hey, health care. <laughs> they're not talking about the fact that you may have cancer and can't get help because you show me what somebody tells a person who has cancer that they can't get help. You know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely Absolutely crazy. And I'm I'm sorry if, if you have to really I, I you have to really check the scriptures, man, and see if this is really holds true. Like, what does the Bible say concerning a believer? What makes one a believer? What makes them a believer? I mean, because we're not we're if we're not saved by words, nor are we kept by it. I mean, that's what Galatians tells us. That we're not saved by the law, nor are we kept by the law. We're not. You know, so, so even according to God's own standard of righteousness, like we like I, the a believer, I, it's it's our it's our hearts that's changed. It's our hearts that's changed. Our hearts towards our sin. So when you're saying when you're talking about justice or an, an injustice and so on and so forth, we're talking about sin issues, sin issues. And if we're ignoring injustices in that way, if we're ignoring righteousness, then yeah. It's possible we may not be a believer because that's the heart of the gospel that we sin against a holy and righteous God. He's righteous. We're not, you know, but that's the good news that he gave the he paid the price that we can't pay. It's justified. But if the narrative is that we can't that because we're not doing what some people claim we should be doing out there in the world concerning systemic issues, then we can't then I find it hard for you to be a believer. You may need to go check the scriptures where the believer actually is. And then you need to go check the scriptures and see what God actually says about justice and righteousness. I'll tell you something. If you're looking for an equal outcome, and you may say you're not, it's an equal opportunity. Like even um, Dr. Eric Mason said he's not, he, he quoted, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing him. He said that he's not looking for equal outcome, but equal opportunity to earn on the same levels. Now, <laughs> I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, but that sounds to me that he's still arguing for equal outcome to earn on the same levels. It means we have so the opportunity is already given because you're working, right? But now you're earning on the same levels. I I don't know how you swing that any other way. I don't I don't. Maybe you can help me. You know I'm asking for it. Let's 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 talk. Let's 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 talk because it sounds to me he just found another way. To argue for equal outcome. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, um, yeah, I think I've been on that rant long enough. I just wanted to touch on that part. If, you, if you're struggling with that, if this is you, uh, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I mean that sincerely. Like, we need to talk. Call the number. You know, e email me. Whatever it may be, we need to have a conversation. 
You know what I'm saying? Because if you're looking at your brother and sister in Christ, whether they're white or black, whatever the case may be, and you're saying that, man, they can't be a believer, man, because they not, man, they ignoring systemic injustices. Like, bro, sister, please, please search the scriptures. Please, don't, don't do that. Because that, you're not loving your brother and sister. And this is what Christ said. He said, you'll know them. You'll know who mine by the love they show one to another. Come on now. Come on now. Let's not do that. There are, there, are, there are actual true issues out here that actually separate the wheat from the tear. And I promise you, systemic injustice is not one of them. Not in this day. Not in this day. Anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's go to the comments. Um, on YouTube, uh, Nathan says, there is no accountability anymore for when we accuse someone falsely. Oh, so, you know, um, I think that's kind of back to when I was talking about the uh, Kavanaugh case. Yeah, man. And you know what? People are actually crucifying those for actually speaking out and saying so. Like, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's crazy. You know, and I understand, like, and I, hear me. Yes, we should hear the victim, right? You're supposed to, the Bible even says, the scripture he even quoted in his book, Woke Church. You must not deny justice to a poor person among you in his lawsuit. So the person, whether they're poor or not, but you shouldn't you shouldn't treat them unjustly. Don't deny justice. But what's God's standard of justice? Is it is justice just that somebody makes an accusation and therefore is automatically counted as being true? No. Because matter of fact, in the scriptures, there's punishment for those who falsely accuse somebody of doing something. And it's not true. There's punishment for that. That means they actually have to actually see that the accusation was false before they actually put judgment on the individual who was accused. Uh, according to John Piper, there is no tangible difference between systemic injustice and normal, run-of-the-mill injustice because we live in a fallen world where Satan exerts his influence. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, cause I, I think, yeah, I can agree with that. Like, so we're not living in a perfect world. Like, there's going to be issues, you know what I'm saying? And especially if we're looking for the government to try to fix stuff. Like, it's not going to be right. I had somebody um, comment on my post that I made about concerning, um, I basically shared a post dealing with how I go about voting. And I was like, you know, I don't just vote off a single issue. It's just, you know, I have issues that are very important to me and then things that are less important. And abortion being at the top. And so uh, one guy commented, it was like, well, man, that ain't going to never be perfect. Like, I mean, he's like, the government ain't going to never do right by that. You know, it's like we, he's like the people in the church feel like, I think he, he's like basically people in the church that are hoping that they do, they put their trust in the government to be right on those things or do right on those things. And there may be some who do, you know, but because we do live in a fallen world, yeah, I can't expect that the government is going to one day wake up and be like, you know what, you know, we're going, we're going to say, we're going to rule against Roe versus Wade. We're going to, uh, you know, like. Uh, penalize everyone who's got an abortion and all the doctors who did it and maybe and see like we're gonna penalize all of them you know yeah I, I don't i'm not gonna lose sleep over that trying to wait for that to happen you know um that, i think that's why when people go to the abortion clinics and stuff like that to witness and to evangelize that they're mostly trying to target the people going in to get the stuff versus um actually trying to go to the the courthouse i mean not quite but the supreme court and all that kind of stuff like that um or petition and all that and which people are petitioning but I mean, it's more effective to get people to not to go in. Because thing is, if you get the people who are going in, that keeps the money from going to them, which keeps, you know, it, will make, you know, it hurts the business, you know. 
So yeah, I can't do an abortion if there's no one coming in to get one done. So that seems to be a more more effective way to handle those things. But yeah. So that's 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 it on that. That's all I have. Um thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the prescribe of prescribing truth. Uh, feel free once again to contact me if you like to. If you want to support the show financially, please do so by partnering me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. The link is in the description and you see it rolling across the screen there. Um be sure to please check out more of prescribed truth. Um, you know, and um uh, yeah. That's it. And remember, in this world full of errors, the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Patrons, stay tuned for the post show coming up next. Peace. Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord servant. We undeserving, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth.